1: Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: According to most of us, the Miami Heat shouldn't even bother showing up for the Eastern Conference Finals. Most of us. Chris thinks they should show up, maybe pick off a couple of games here and there and, you know, make it a little interesting. I find. don't
1: understand why you want to continue to be disrespectful.
2: I hope if Jimmy Butler's listening,
1: I hope he understands it's Chris Carlin and not Chris Canny that is being disrespectful.
2: But because if is- I don't know how you can watch what the Miami Heat have done this postseason And not give credit where credit is. But it is both Canty and Carlin who are picking the Boston Celtics in this series. We are in for Greeny today. Well, Big Face Coffee only goes so far. (laughs) On ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay. Excuse me. So how exactly do we come together if the Miami Heat are being this disrespected and they are a plus 155 underdog to win this series? How do we draw up the game plan for the Heat to actually go and win this series?
1: Well, to me, big fella, it's got to be finding that fourth score for the Miami Heat. If you look back a couple of years ago in the bubble where the Heat beat the Celtics in the conference finals, the Heat had four players average 19 points or more in that series. When you look at how this Boston Celtics team is made up, they've got Tatum and and Brown, but they also got Al Horford and Marcus Smart and a bunch of other guys that can come off the bench that can knock down shots. You're going to have to find scoring in a big way from somebody outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Those guys would undoubtedly be the focus of Ime Adoka in that Boston Celtics defense. So, to me, it's Tyler Hero coming off of the bench, playing big, averaging 20-plus in this series, a game and then you're going to have to find somebody else, whether that's Max Struess or Victor Oladipo or Kyle Lowry if he gets healthy and comes back. It's going to have to be one of those guys or a combination of those guys being able to step up and give you that fourth player that can give you offensive production north of 15 points a game. That's what I'm looking for in that series. That's going to be their path to victory. That as well as running the Boston Celtics
2: off of the three-point line. Well, let's talk about Tyler Hero specifically, okay? Sixth man of the year in the league. But can we agree in this postseason he has not been what the Miami Heat need him to be in order to really, truly have a chance to go to the finals? Yeah, I can say that. Yeah. Well, you were talking about, what was it, 19 he averaged during that run yeah. a couple of years ago? Yeah. Now, he has been in these two playoff series and scored more than 20 just twice and hasn't scored more than 20 points since Game 1, of the series against the 76ers. He hasn't shot it particularly well either. I, I For Tyler Hero, for as much as we heard about him wanting his respect of being on that level, I mean, the, the ridiculousness that we heard a little what was bit. What were some of
1: the names that he threw out they there? They were throwing ja, out John ja, ja Moran and Luca Trey Young.
2: Trey Young, yeah. Luca, like and and Tyler wants his name on that level. Well... We're about five years away from that right now. But even if you want to start elevating the discussion a bit, it would be nice to do it. And, Chris, I know you don't care for it when I characterize it this way. He had his run a couple of years ago. And to me, what was the equivalent of summer camp with that whole situation inside the bubble yes they made it to the finals and it was a great run but there was it was by far the most bizarre uh, nba playoffs that we have ever seen and you didn't have to go very far you didn't have to travel you didn't have to do all that stuff and as much as hero had a great regular season let's see it now because to me he is the singular key For the Miami Heat to have a real opportunity to win this series. Well, I'm just
1: assuming that Tyler Hero is going to play up to the standard that he set for himself with this regular season. He averaged 20 points a game. The guy can put the ball in the bucket. Yes. He's going to have to do that. Bam is going to have to be Bam and score north of 20 points as well as be a presence on the defensive side and on the glass. And then Jimmy Butler is going to have to go north of 25 points per game in this series in addition to being able to cover Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So it's a heavy lift for all three of the top guys from Miami. They don't have a chance of making it a long series unless all of those guys check all of those boxes. But they're still going to have to have somebody else come to the party, Carlin. And that's why I bring up the other names, like the Victor Oladipos, like the Max Strus who played big in that series against the
2: Sixers, like Kyle Lowry if he's able to get back healthy. Those guys are going to have to be a factor. Otherwise, the Heat have no shot. It's Kenti and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Now, you mentioned Kyle Lowry, who is out for Game 1 tonight, as we know. The problem I have here is for everybody that is getting worked up that says that Kyle Lowry needs to be a part of this for the Miami Heat to win this series. That's one thing I don't necessarily buy. Why? Even before he was hurt in the playoffs, he wasn't playing really well. Mm -hmm. He, He was averaging six points a game and shooting, I believe, somewhere in the 20s. No, he wasn't. He wasn't playing well
1: from the traditional standpoint, but the intangibles that Kyle Lowry brings to your team, being a floor general, being able to set the tone, being able to get the ball to guys in their spots, I think that matters for a team like the Miami Heat that don't have a ton of guys that can create offense on their own. So Kyle Lowry being out there as a guy that has been there, done that, got the t-shirt from winning a championship, I think it matters when you're trying to compete at this level at this round in the playoffs. So I I, I still think it's a big absence, but it's not necessarily about him producing. I think it's about him being able to set the tone for that team and being an extension of the coaching staff on the floor. But that fourth guy,
2: I don't think is necessarily going to be there for the heat. That fourth guy at scoring at that level that may well, be necessary. Well, well, buckle up, Buttercup. If, if he's not going
1: to be there, then they're going to have some serious problems making this a long series. I will say that much. This is going to be an issue. Now, the one counterpoint I will make to that, Marcus Smart is dealing with a foot sprain. That mm-hmm. happened in Game 7. So we have to see what version of Marcus Smart we're going to get because he's the guy that unlocked Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and got those two guys to play together. When Ime Adoka made the decision to move Marcus Smart to point guard – That's when you saw the best version of both of those players, Brown and Tatum, coexist on the court
2: at the same time. Without Marcus Smart, I don't know how that happens. I I don't know how it happens either because Marcus Smart, if he is – missing a game or two it makes all the difference in the world for the boston celtics and it's not just about the production it's about every winning play yeah. that marcus smart will make for you in a basketball game and that's that's ultimately a killer there for them if he is not going to be able to go tonight it's funny watching pat bev this morning on uh, get up and one of the first things he's asked the question well what if marcus smart can't go well Marcus Smart's going to play, so I'm not going to waste my time on that answer. Think about that, though. That's,
1: That's the mentality, though. And yep. for a head
2: coach that has tried to instill
1: more toughness, more physicality in his group, the embodiment of that is Marcus Smart. So if you don't have that, going up against one of the toughest, one of the most physical teams in all the NBA in the Miami Heat, you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage if you're Boston. So Marcus Smart has got to be out there on the court if for only that reason. We already know what he means on the defensive end as well as the offensive end, but also from a leadership and toughness standpoint, you got to have Marcus Smart in order to combat what Miami is bringing
2: to the table. Just to once again emphasize the point of the Heat being an underdog in this series and how people, especially in Miami and Heat fans, would feel like this team is being disrespected. Think of it this way, with this stat In the context of it, the Heat are plus 155 to win the series. They're a pretty sizable underdog to win this series. The last team that was an underdog but was the top seed in its conference that advanced to the finals, in other words, was an underdog in the conference finals but was the number one seed in the conference was the Utah Jazz in 1998, Ooh. over the last 30 years, teams in that similar situation, number one seed in the in this conference, but an underdog in the conference finals, teams are 1-11. 1-11 in those series. I don't think the disrespect is wrong. I think the disrespect is real, and it absolutely, if, if the Heat want to take it that way, I get it. But the Celtics are a better team right now, and everybody knows it. Well,
1: here's the thing. Is it disrespect for us saying that Boston is going to win? I don't think that's disrespect. I think when people say, well, this is going to be a short series, they might get swept or it's over in well, five. But the, the expe- that's disrespect.
2: Well, yeah, the short series, but also the expectation that Boston will win. The fact that of ESPN's 19 experts that were asked about both series, 15 of them, 15 of them took the Celtics to win this series.
1: Well, I, I don't think that's far-fetched. Think about this, Carlin. Who's had the more impressive run to the conference finals? Has it been the Heat or has it been the Celtics? To me, it's not even close. It's been the Boston Celtics who swept the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie on the court. And then in game seven, after losing two games in that series at home, found a way to close out the Bucks, who have the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo, the reigning defending champs. That's a more impressive path than beating Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks or beating the Philadelphia Sixers when they didn't have him be for two of the six games.
2: Like, that's not – that doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. There is no questioning that the road that the Celtics have had to go as opposed to the road that the Heat has had to go – has been more difficult. There is no getting around that. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus. Don't forget about your smart speaker as well at play ESPN radio network. We are presented by progressive insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more and if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind find out if it can be covered at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be up next Luka Doncic might be the best player left in the playoffs but does he have enough to lead the Mavericks to an upset of the Warriors we discuss next Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio
4: I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me we're in the twilight zone and that game didn't really actually happen. Because what in the world happened to Phoenix? Luka Doncic, and you're seeing a guy with talent that really is unaffected by anything in front of
2: him. It's, it's just an incredible thing to watch. Luka hesitates, dribbles to his left, shoots for three and
3: hits again! Luka Doncic!
1: Uh, for me, it seemed like trash talking. gets me going. It's Even before the game won, you know, nobody picked us. So it, it was motivational for us.
2: Guy's been absolutely ridiculous and he has elevated himself to a top five player in the league. No question about it. And probably the best player left in these playoffs. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance. We spent a good amount of time talking about Luca yesterday on our show from three to 7 PM Eastern on ESPN radio that Luca Doncic has now taken this team to a whole nother level. And I have to give you a ton of credit on this front. When we looked at the Phoenix series with Doncic and the Mavericks, you made the point, I'm going to ride the Mavericks a bit here because they have the best player in the series, whereas I think we both agreed that Phoenix had the next best four or five. What I loved about what Doncic did the other day and what I think we'll see here moving forward is how angry he plays In circumstances, really ticked off to win, ticked off for greatness, so to speak, as Ray Lewis used to say, and I'm paraphrasing
1: there. I mean, I'm fascinated by how the Golden State Warriors are going to match up with Doncic and what's going to be their overall strategy. Are they going to just let Luka get his and let him go for 40 45 every single game in this series, or at least try to go for that and just single cover him? And if so, who's going to be the guy that they do that? Is it going to be Andrew Wiggins? Is it going to be Kuminga? Is it going to be Clay Thompson? Is it going to be Draymond in spurts? I'm fascinated to see how they cover him just because Luka is such a singular talent. He's so unique in what he does. He's the primary ball handler, but you don't see a lot of primary ball handlers with that degree of physicality. I mean, Luka, I mean, all over the court, whether he's at the top of the key, behind the arc, uh, the pinch post, the low post, doesn't matter where he is on the court, he's going to play physical. And it's going to be hard to match up with him with just a typical backcourt player, like a guard. Uh, You know, Steph Curry ain't going to be guarding Luka Doncic in this series. So I, I just think it's interesting what the philosophy for Golden State will be in how they cover Luka and then what that means for the rest of the Mavs players on the offensive end of the court. Because if Luka isn't the guy that's distributing the ball and getting them the ball in their spots where they can knock down open shots, then the rest of the supporting cast, those role players typically struggle. And we saw that early on in that Phoenix Sun series. And Phoenix
2: did say, go and get yours. And it worked for them for the first couple of games. Yep. They, they were able to get out in front, and then the Mavericks were able to bounce back because they got better play elsewhere. That's it to me. There is no true Robin to Doncic's Batman right now. Which is making his postseason run that much more it, impressive. It really in is. Eyes. There is no other all-star on that team. You and I both spent plenty of time really all over Jalen Bronson for what happened in those first two games. And obviously, later on, he came around. But is anybody really expecting Spencer Dinwiddie to pour in 30? No. No. Of course not. No. That happened the other day because... Everything else was going so well for the Mavericks, and they were able to jump out to that lead and really put the foot on the throat of the Phoenix Suns. For Dallas to have a chance here, they have to outshoot the Warriors, and I don't think you can do that. Even at this stage in the Golden State dynasty, if you will, or era of Curry and Thompson and Draymond, I'm not believing that their abilities... To shoot the basketball are going to be at all affected by age?
1: Yeah, I, I you know, it is a shoot, timeless shoot, skill. As shooting is not a perishable skill. Yeah. It's a non-perishable skill. So I mean, those guys are going to be 65 years old and still be able but to shoot. But is that the way for the Mavericks to
2: win? Do they have well, to shoot them? That,
1: that's how the Mavs have been winning, though, Colin. Yeah. I mean, you look at the series against the Phoenix Suns; they were plus 99 in three-point scoring differential in this series. That means they made 33 more three-pointers than the Phoenix Suns did in the second round. In the first round against the Utah Jazz, they were plus 132 in three-point <laughs> scoring differential. That's a lot more threes than the other team, Carlin. And How's so that, that that, work that, that's been their formula. So, yeah, how is that going to work against the Golden State Warriors, who might boast the best shooting backcourt the game has ever
2: seen and who also have one of the best defenses in the entire NBA? It's and Carlin in for Greeny today, coming to you live from the Seaport District, Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. There is one thing giving me pause. Boy, I, I could not stand what happened in Game 6 to Golden, or Game 5, rather, to, to Golden State, just getting their absolute doors blown off. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand it. I just didn't see how you could, and granted, it was on the road, But they're down 40. They're down 50 in that game. And I don't think it was as simple as we'll just go home and take care of business. Mm. I really thought it was, is this one of those years where one or two of those games are going to end up doing them in? I don't expect it to here. I expect the Warriors to advance. But it just made me think about this version really the third different version of this Steph Draymond Clay era yeah I'm with you
1: on that one and we
2: also can't
1: discount what we saw in game five when that was where the Golden State Warriors didn't have uh, Steve Kerr as their head coach remember you had the COVID Mm -hmm. positive test and Mike Brown had to step in so I'm willing to chalk it up to That being a factor, remember the news earlier that day, Mike Brown had taken the job to be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And then Draymond having one of his close college teammates, one of his best friends, Adrian Payne, Payne. tragically killed. So I just, you know, from an emotional standpoint, I'm willing to dismiss the Game 5 loss and and how that game looked just because of all of the different things that Golden State was dealing with. But I I don't think we're going to see an outlier performance like that in this series. I do think a part of what we saw in that Game 5 was Golden State disrespecting their opponent because John ja Morant, the all-star for the Grizzlies, wasn't on the court. Mm-hmm. They thought they could just roll a basketball out there and they would be able to get a win. They're not going to look at the Dallas Mavs like that because, as you mentioned, in this series, the Golden State Warriors don't have the best player. No. The Dallas Mavs do, and that's Luka
2: Doncic. And they just saw what Luka did to the Phoenix Suns. And, and this is kind of similar in that you can say that the Mavericks have the best player, but Golden State may have the next best three or four. At oh, you might,
1: you might even be able to go further than that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But with that being the case. Yeah, you might
1: be able to even go further. I mean, you got you got Steph Curry, you got Clay Thompson, yep, you got Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole, you got Draymond Green, yep. you got Andrew Wiggins. Like, you you might be able to go down the line.
2: It might be the next five or six guys. I was being kind. You were I, being kind. I was kind. being kind, but I would say this. Like I think that group is much better than those next four or five than Phoenix had and much more experienced. Well, and they've and won championships yes, too, Carlin. That's that what it matters. I mean.
1: Having having that championship DNA and knowing what it takes to win at this level at this stage of the playoffs, that matters it and matters. we can't discount that. But I, play, it matters, listen, but at some point Carlin, age
2: does factor in Carlin,
1: here's what I'll say. When I played for the New York Giants, 2011, I, I was on the team and when we got a chance to get into the playoffs, having guys like Oshu Minyora and Justin Tuck and Eli Manning around, Chris Sneeze of the world, Kareem McKenzie, guys that had won a championship before in 2007, that mattered in terms of knowing how to go on the road and win. Went to Green Bay, blew the doors off of a 15-1 and Packers team led by Aaron Rodgers. Went out to San Francisco, beat the number one seed in overtime played in the Super Bowl, of course, beat Tom Brady. You don't win those games without having some degree of experience. And for me, that's going to be the big advantage – that Golden State has going up against the Dallas Mavs
2: beyond personnel. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. According to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. If you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Two questions in moments we do need to answer. Which underdog should we believe in more between the Mavericks and the Heat? And did Daryl Morey really just use his comments about Doc Rivers returning as a negotiation tactic? And your calls. The Miami Heat fans are speaking. We want to hear from you on the disrespect that your team is being shown. Do the Heat have a chance? I say no. Chris doesn't want to commit to saying no, but he's really <laughs> saying no. But this is the point. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
3: Greeny, the podcast
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Fans are thirsty for a winner. They're no more thirsty than me. They're no more thirsty than all our players. Our goals haven't changed at all. I took this job because I believe that we can turn this organization and change the culture.
2: Don't believe everything that you hear from general managers. It's not always truth. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. That was Doc Reverse, not the GM, talking about his future and how great he feels about things in Philadelphia. That's awesome. <laughs> for all the ones who get it done, Granger is here for you, and they've always been there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry with 24-7 support, experienced staff and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. And you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard to find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-Granger, click Granger.com or just stop by. Yesterday on Canty and Carlin from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, we discussed Daryl Morey's comments last week in which he said, Doc Rivers is going to be our coach going forward. Mm. But was that really, really the full-on truth of the situation, or was it just the right thing to say in the moment? Here's Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, and of course from the Hoop Collective podcast as well, with Greeny yesterday on this very topic about Harden, Doc, and their possibilities of being back in Philadelphia next year?
4: I think Harden will be back. It'll just be a matter of negotiating the contract and making sure that it makes makes sense for the Sixers to improve because I promise you that Daryl Morey has big, giant plans to acquire another star. Whether he's going to execute it, I don't know. But part of getting that done is going to require Harden to take some sort of pay cut. And I think the Sixers would be comfortable with Doc Rivers returning. But I don't think it's as open and shut as Daryl wanted to present it You know, 12 hours after they had this disheartening uh, departure, you know, he, I think, was taking a negotiating position with the Los Angeles Lakers coming out and saying, oh, yes, absolutely, 100% Doc is back. That's not a reasonable decision to come to after that. You need to evaluate things and discuss things before coming to that. So, it would not surprise me at all if if Harden is the point guard and Doc is the coach when they open the season next year, but I'm not ready to say that Doc for sure is going to be in that role. All
2: right, there were two little nuggets right in there. I don't even sense. know if they were little, though. Yeah, I, I'm just being, being overly facetious? dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one is just that about Doc, a negotiating tactic when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm. I said this yesterday. I fully believe, and this is just opinion, that the Sixers right now are praying that the Lakers want to take Doc off their hands. I, I absolutely <laughs> – I don't think they want Doc to be the guy anymore, and I don't think Doc wants to be the guy anymore in Philadelphia. I think it's almost a game of public chicken right now, hoping that the Lakers come along, and from a negotiation standpoint, it's not negotiation of what are we going to get in return for Doc in compensation. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a negotiation of we really value this guy, so he's pretty good if you're going to come after him. Maybe you're going to want to do that because he's really, really, really that good. So we're in a relationship with Doc
1: Rivers, this being the Sixers organization. Yes. But we want somebody else to want him so we don't feel bad about dumping him.
2: Everybody wants to break up with one another, but uh, nobody wants to give up the money and the financial status. Gotcha. They're That's headed for a is. divorce, but both sides are worried about the split.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> and and I guess the Sixers don't want to be on the hook for the three years remaining on Doc's contract that are guaranteed. $24 million. Right? Exactly. Ooh. That's so, a lot of money. Yes. That's a lot of money. Can Especially we if agree? You're gonna have if you've got to find a new head coach and you're going to have to pay that person uh, uh, thereabouts that kind of salary. So they don't want to
2: fire him. They, yeah, they they don't want to fire him. Yeah, they don't want to fire him. And when they say they'd be comfortable with him, well, okay, that's if they bring in another superstar. And that is point two. What was that? He slid yeah, that right in there. Yeah, that was Did you catch that? That was In the, the, the middle radar. of what Wendy was saying, he said that Daryl Morey has in his mind plans to acquire another superstar this offseason, but that would require James Harden taking a pay cut. Whoa, 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 whoa. How can the Sixers possibly get another giant superstar and... Can we wildly and irresponsibly speculate on who that superstar is right now that he's trying to get? Oh, we can and we
1: will. Here's here's the thing. First of all, if they're going to add another superstar and James Harden is taking a pay cut, then that means that they're going to have to ship Tobias Harris out of there, right? He's got to be gone. He's got to be a part of whatever package that you're going to be moving. And then the other guy that to me would be the most attractive if I'm another team looking to get pieces from Philly for my star would have to be Tyrese Maxey, right? But this oh, has yeah. been a guy that the Sixers haven't wanted, haven't been willing to part ways with. Like the Brooklyn Nets wanted Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers would hear no part to that. So I'm interested to see, like, is this a mortgage, the long-term future for the here and now when bringing in an aging superstar? Hmm. Or, or is this a guy that is going to be able to grow with Joel Embiid? Because I think that's... That's where in lies the rub for Daryl Morey in terms of the overall direction that they're going to go in.
2: Well, one of those guys that I think we both would agree that the the Sixers need desperately as a shooter would be Bradley Beal. That'd be somebody that you would think of right away. And I
1: would be okay with parting company with Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris for Bradley Beal.
2: I absolutely would, too, because that is really positioning yourself very well in a brutal Eastern Conference. But there's somebody else that maybe... Could be in the mix. You know, this morning on Get Up, Ryan Smith was in for Greeny, and he and J.J. Redick and Pat Beverly were playing a game called Fact or Fiction. And this statement was put forward. LeBron is done winning titles. J.J., LeBron has done winning titles. Fact or fiction? You know we had to get something in on the Lakers. You oh, we know we to. did. We had to. I think it's in my I, I think this is fiction. I, I, I'm not going to ever, you know, sort of count out LeBron, especially when he's still playing at such a high level. I don't know that he's winning a, an NBA championship next year in L.A., but, no, I, I, I think he's not done winning championships.
0: What do you think, Pat? Fiction. I'm with J.J. on that. You never know LeBron. You yes.
1: never know. Yeah. He, you might, he might pop up. Whole new team or something. He'd be like, oh, I didn't do that. Look, look, you know what I'm
2: he, like, might,
0: he might pop up in Philadelphia. You know what I'm Who saying? knows? Yeah,
1: or, or you know, Minnesota. Oh. Who knows? Oh, he what? might pop up in Philadelphia.
2: Could Daryl Morey be talking about trading for LeBron James? I, I, once upon a time, when LeBron
1: James wanted to get out of Cleveland, Philadelphia was one of those teams that he did some legwork, some research on in terms of the city and trying to find schools and all of that other stuff. Now it seems like he shut up shop in LA and that's not a place that he's willing to leave because all of his family is out there now, but Philly would make a whole lot of sense, but you realize that you're, you're mortgaging your future for, you know, a window of about two or three seasons with LeBron playing at this level. Can I ask this
2: question? Is there any way to get LeBron James without Tyrese Maxey in the deal? Probably not. Probably not. So I I follow it up. Do you make that trade? No. If I'm Philly, no. Why not? I, I, you got to maximize Embiid's, Embiid's no, prime you, you right now. No, you do have
1: to maximize Embiid's prime. And then we are talking about a guy that's injury prone, so we don't know what the shelf life on Embiid is. So I get the urgency in trying to make moves to win a championship. But for a guy that's time the last couple of years due to injury, I mean, since he's been to L.A., there's only been one season when he's really been healthy, and that was the year they won the chip. And you're talking about having a five-month break because of COVID starting up. So, I mean, I, I don't know that you can bank on LeBron James being there and the kind of player that you need throughout the entirety of the regular season, on through the postseason, I'm just not willing to bet that um, for the next two or three years. So I, I, I wouldn't make that decision, even though I think but as a Laker James fan, is,
2: you would love for that decision. Oh, I'd love for made.
1: that to happen. I mean, give me, give me a chance to restart with Tyrese Maxi, yeah. Tobias Harris, and then when Anthony Davis gets healthy, I'll take that. Yeah. Not to mention the cap space coming off the books when Russell Westbrook leaves in a year. So if you're the Lakers, you do that deal in a heartbeat. If you're LeBron
2: James, it, it, you know. Is that something that you're willing to do? Let us welcome in
4: member of the hashtag crew, Nuno. Nuno, your thoughts. It's so... I think you do it, right, no matter what, because you need to win a title. But there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of Philly guys that work in radio. One of them is Cam, hashtag Cam, uh, who's... Who's in today for hashtag Bubba. Yeah, Bubba has disappeared this week for whatever reason. Um, And Cam's a a 76er fan, and with this question being posed, would you trade Maxi and obviously Harris or whatever for LeBron? And the reaction, I'm surprised, is kind of... Like go ahead Cam. It's tell them.
0: it's a lot to think about.
2: Philly fans are very overprotective of Tyrese Maxey. He's yes. kind of like the child, you know, he's like 22 years old. He's great, one of theirs. Great he's, great a, energy. he's the homegrown he's guy. Homegrown. Yep. So, you know, I I'd have to think about it. It's it is LeBron James, but anytime you bring up Tyrese Maxey, it's almost even more defensive from Philly fans than if you brought up trading Joel Embiid. They love him that much.
1: Uh- I'm just going to say this. LeBron James, since he's been with the Lakers, the first year, only 55 games. Remember, he had the growing injury. Second year, the bubble year, 67 games. They won a title. Uh, two years ago, 45 games. This year, 56 games in a regular season. Th- there's a pattern there, guys. Yes, there is. And we have to pay attention to that. And so that has to be factored into the math when it comes to whether or not this move makes sense for Daryl Moore. Because the last thing you want to do is trade away Tyrese Maxey and then have LeBron James not be able to finish the drill because of the injuries that he's got to deal with at the most inopportune time.
2: In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. The one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers. And the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to netsuite.com slash greeny for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. NetSuite.com slash G R E E N Y. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today, wildly speculating because it's what we do sometimes. And look, it's it's crazy, but I don't think anything's crazy anymore when it comes to sports and trades and anything. Well, I don't one think thing, anything's one, one nuts. thing
1: we know, Carlin, is that the Philadelphia 76ers, as constituted, ain't good enough to win a championship. We know that because they yep. didn't get the version of James Harden they thought they were trading for, and we heard Joel Embiid say as much in those post-game press conferences after the loss to the Heat in that series. So it's a situation now where Daryl Morey has to be creative in terms of how he's going to construct this roster if he is indeed going to keep James Harden around. And from the sound of it,
2: feels like there's a lot more confidence that Harden will be back over their head coach, Doc Rivers. The other discussion today has centered around the Miami Heat and why they're not given much of a chance by many in this series in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. 303 Products has your number with a full line of premium protectants and cleaners. They have everything to keep your car looking new longer. So... The Miami Heat fans have come out and spoken. Let's hear from them. Let us check in with Ronnie in Brooklyn. Ronnie, do the Heat have a chance in the conference finals against the Celtics?
1: Oh, the, the Heat, how you doing, guys? Kathy, champion.
2: My champion, man, Kathy, my
1: how you man. Doing? How you doing? I always give you your props. Listen, you know, the Miami Heat, they control the
3: tempo in the games they play. Okay, these games ain't no big high-scoring games. Uh, 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 Butler doesn't go out looking for 40,
1: right? He, he scores these numbers within, you know, the need of the game, and he's looking always to get guys like Tyler Hero, right, and, you know, involved
4: in, in, in bases his performance on the contribution of them first, and they have a great chance. Now, you know, if, if, in the Celtics, Tatum got to, you know, score high points, and Jalen, William combined, if
1: one has a good game and the other doesn't, you know.
2: Yeah, but uh, they've had a lot of people step up here. They've had other players step up as well. Yep. Look at what Pritchard did at the end of that series. Look at what uh, Williams, Williams did. did Grant did. Williams yeah. did. I mean, they've had other
1: people step up. And they're expecting Robert Williams is going to come back with no minutes restriction too, and that's going to be a big factor in terms of the Heat's ability to be able to get points in the paint. That's an area where they killed the Sixers. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of other guys that are going to be X-Factors in this series. And Miami, those guys, they better bring their hard hats because this is going to be a heck of a series.
2: Sean in New Jersey, why are the Heat being disrespected? Sean, you're on ESPN Radio. Oh, oh,
4: I don't know why we're being disrespected. First, Carlin, you said uh, uh, Boston had the hardest uh, road to the Eastern Conference Final. they supposed to. Uh, Miami was the number one, number one uh seed. Boston was number two, so I don't know where you get that from. Well, because but,
2: because the number one seed, as we have said, that has gone into the, the conference finals as a betting underdog has won just once in the last 30 years of the conference finals.
4: Yeah, yeah I, I heard that stat, but what y'all are not realizing, Eric Sposa is the uh, Bill Belichick of, uh, of the NBA. What do Bill Belichick do? Take away your best player. Take away your best player. Listen, Jason Tatum. Eric Spolstra is a great coach.
2: He scores. Eric Spolstra is a great coach, and they will have the coaching advantage in this series. I just don't know if it's going to be enough because of the talent. The road to the rematch is on. As Bantamweight, Juliana Pena, and former champ Amanda Nunes go head-to-head as coaches in the historic 30th season of the Ultimate Fighter stream the series now exclusively exclusively on ESPN Plus sign up now at ESPN Plus dot com give me a percent chance in the seconds we have left that the Miami Heat win this series uh, I'm going to go with a 15 percent chance 15 percent chance and you believe you're not disrespecting them I'm just saying Now I do think Miami wins tonight uh, I think they will win tonight but I think they have a 25 percent chance to win the finals okay you feel better about yourself
1: thanks for listening to greenie the podcast
2: you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio and see it with the video on espn plus also catch greenie on get up weekday mornings at 8 on espn and also available wherever you get your podcast